The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The gripping title race continues as Bayern look to win at Eintracht Frankfurt. That's oh, neatly done. Oh, it's another one. 5-1. It is a demolition. Dortmund and Leipzig. In a clash of Bundesliga heavyweights. And Pausen. Jusuf Pausen for Leipzig. That will be the clincher. A clash of two teams who are in wonderful form. Here is Victor Boniface. Great assist. And Florian Witz has leveled for Leverkusen. Leverkusen now in all competitions. They will stay on top. <coughs> Time to talk Bundesliga. Eintracht Frankfurt absolutely tore Bayern Munich apart. A couple of other notable results. Freiburg was able to beat Wolfsburg 1-0. Union Berlin break their 16-game win this streak against Borussia Mönchengladbach. And Dortmund can't find an answer in Bundesliga. They were a man down for most of the game. Leipzig beaten 3-2. And that stuttgart Bayer leverkusen game 1-1 was pretty exciting. We'll talk about that later. We're going to bury the lead. Because really, Bayern Munich... Losing 5-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt was very unexpected. Not that Frankfurt has been guns blazing this, this Bundesliga season, but what happened with Bayern, the, the, the mighty Bayern losing 5-1? They weren't effective at all, and Frankfurt was super efficient at scoring their chances. And I, I was reading that Bayern Munich, they had 10 days before this match. So it was like not like they could be tired, but they sort of looked like it. It's almost like it was too much time for them. They didn't have that same spirit that you'd expect from a Bayern Munich team. Uh, and once goals are coming in like this, they were not able to turn it around being 3-0 down in halftime. Poor Alfonso Davies just getting cooked in slow motion. I mean, rough before. And then you're seeing Upa Meccano also. Just on the back heel, Maserawi also had a bad match. This was a tough one if you're on the back line for Bayern Munich. Well, it's just really poor defending from Bayern Munich when it comes down to it because 
This wasn't a game where you watched and you said, oh my God, Frankfurt are taking it to Bayern Munich. They're playing them off the park. That wasn't the case. But when they did attack hmm. in transition, especially, Bayern Munich were, were late. They were slow. Um, Conrad Leimer looked not up, for, not up for this type of level. It was disappointing so, from, from that standpoint. B Bayern were exposed then finally in, in Bundesliga play because there are Ferrari going forward and they're almost like a Toyota Corolla in the back. It's not something new, but Frankfurt was the first team to really show that and prove that, hey, this team is beatable. Now, if you're Manchester United, I know you're coming off of a pretty bad loss at the weekend, but when you need a win, Chuck, against a team like Bayern Munich, did Frankfurt show how you can beat them? Yes, they did. And that's playing into the channels because Bayern Munich get their outside back so high. So when you have two center backs protecting all that space, and we saw it, Min, uh, Kim Min Jae get cooked in that space as well, not being strong when he had position. Upa Makano can also dive in, mm. get caught out of space. So that's how you beat Bayern Munich playing into the channels. When you say Toyota, Toyota, uh, Toyota Corolla, okay, it's fine. Too much. Come on, was, okay. Kim Min Jae yeah, and Upa Makano. Give him back to Napoli. Yeah, yeah, I mean, also, true. Toyota Corolla is a very dependable car. We're the most <laughs> okay. successful, then, the best selling car in the world. Bad. But also, I mean, he's he's trying to yeah, yeah. really cook them. Don't put no disrespect on Toyota Corolla. They lost five one. Yeah, they lost five one. But this is Bayern Munich. Yeah. You think you think this is you think you you make it seem as if. This is not a, a you know a one-time thing. This this doesn't happen often. Mm -hmm. they, they, they were they were tired. They got cooked. Defensively, have they been good enough this season? Have they needed to be good enough? Because they generally will outscore their opponent. And if you want to consider XG, they, they had a higher XG than Frankfurt. They had a higher possession. They had uh, more shots. Frankfurt just simply were yeah, way five more. One. Yeah, 5-1. <laughs> yeah, football. And, uh, I mean, it's tough. You look at Bayern Munich, too, from this standpoint, getting Manuel Neuer back. Now, it's a, a massive upgrade from what they had. Yeah. But he's still, still trying to catch up to where he was. He's been out for so long. That's going to take him time before he gets into the, a position where he's making those game-changing game, uh, saves. He's not there yet. But, yeah, this, I don't anticipate Bayern Munich giving up five goals a game. But for Manchester United, we say, hey, this is a blueprint to beat Bayern. They got. A, they just got smacked by Bournemouth. Right. So it's also, not like it's not as if they're coming into this I game. I was actually at a five-one loss, a Bayern Munich loss to Eintracht Frankfurt, about three years ago. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, I was there with Ivis. Yes, uh, and um, uh, Kovic uh, had gotten actually got sacked right after that match, uh, and I was there watching it, and it felt very similar to this, where you were like. Mm. Okay, uh, well, there was a red card there to Boateng, which I think completely shifted that mm. match. But you're watching and you're saying, okay, clearly Frankfurt is playing out of their skin. And Bayern have more skilled players. But there's just something that happened in that match where uh, Frankfurt could do no wrong. And this seemed like an absolute repeat of that, where every time Frankfurt had an opportunity in front of goal, it was going in. It was absolutely incredible. I believe they only had six shots on goal. Mm -hmm. They scored five wow. goals. Incredible. I mean, this is incredible. And then That's to what bring Man up United Neuer, doesn't have. And then to bring up Neuer, how long before your match fit? 
I mean, look, you have a lot of grace period. You're on Bayern Munich. You're going to win most of your matches anyway. But how long of a grace period do you have before you become even 80% of the, he, of the he saved, Neuer? He saved Bayern against Copenhagen. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he, he had some, some big saves But prior you're talking to about he's match. clearly not back up to that match fit. He's, that he's, not, he's not back up to making those saves that are, we're talking, winning you world-class games. winning you matches. Also, I mean, sweeper-keeper, bringing it out as mm-hmm. best he can. I mean, this guy's incredible. But how long until we're like 80, 85% mm-hmm. of what he used to be? That's, I mean, it's been a couple weeks since he's come back at this point. Yeah, he'll be good. I, I don't think anyone's worried about Neuer in this team. It's yeah. more so when you look at this team, I, I was really disappointed in their response because it's one thing you go down, you get caught mm-hmm. in, in, in the transition game and counterattack. Frankfurt were, were exceptional. They were elite in this match. You get one, you go down one, you go down two. Hmm. You would expect the, re, the response to be super positive and you change. And it, it got worse. Yeah. yeah. The scary thing is nobody had an answer, too. You hear them after the game. It's like you couldn't pinpoint what exactly went wrong. We all just described, like, four different problems on what happened on the night. That's also an issue that they'll have to solve. But, I mean, I think long-term they're going to be a team that's it's yeah. okay down the line. And, and then you look at, on the flip side, the attacking from Bayern Munich. Harry Kane had a, a chance where you expect him to absolutely finish, and he, he missed the goal. I mean, it was, it's just one of those nights. Before we end this segment, I want to talk about the top spiel between Stuttgart and oh, Bayer Leverkusen. That's because the best 1-1 one, one match it, it of was, all time. It was <laughs> so good. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was the first time that I genuinely saw Bayer Leverkusen struggling to get their bearings on the field. Stuttgart, in the first half especially, the first were, half. were playing with a rhythm that was so intense, I mean, or at least a dynamic enough, mm-hmm. that Bayer Leverkusen, they didn't look like the Bayer Leverkusen that, that we've seen this season and, and I was genuinely concerned. Second half it changed, but all credit to Stuttgart, who is now high on the table. What are they, third now? Um, ser- serious title con- contenders at this point. Yeah, but again, you're looking at Leverkusen coming in to get a result. All you have to do is get a result playing at Stuttgart. You don't expect a little more from Leverkusen than a result at Stuttgart? No. When, when you're a professional and you're playing at one of the top teams in the Bundesliga, the, the mentality is, yes, we win, but getting a result is a key. If you get a result, especially in this match, going down a goal, getting completely outplayed in the first half, like you said, completely Stuttgart outplayed. was playing with intensity, connecting passes, cutting uh, Leverkusen up, something that we hadn't seen this season, even yeah. when they played Bar- uh, Bayern Munich. Bayern, yeah. But in the second half, they had a response. Mm-hmm. Victor Boniface had a good chance that he missed, but he created the, uh, the assist for, for Florian Wirtz. There, there was something you saw from this Leverkusen side that, oh, this is their real title challengers because they went down a goal, coming out of halftime, they got that goal in the first five minutes, in the 49th minute, and then it was a, it was a real battle because Leverkusen, I think, had the better uh, of, of play in the second half, whereas Stuttgart probably should have been up more than one goal in the Absolutely. first half. Absolutely. And they I think I'm being. Yeah. And for me, for me, this was a real opportunity for Seb Honus, who we've been sitting here talking about Xabi Alonso nonstop. No one's really talking about what Seb Honus is doing. We're mostly talking about Girassi when we talk about Stuttgart. So to see that first half, I was like, all right, Seb, you're showing him something. Everyone's, you know, the, uh, Xabi Alonso is the wonder kid coach right now. Seb Honus is like, well, I'm here too. Yeah. Also, not good for Dorman as well. They have... Fierce competition for the top four, and they lost 
uh, to Leipzig as well. The only competition they really have left is Champions League. So it's very interesting Bundesliga table. That's getting everybody to be able to watch this. How did league. your favorite Bundesliga team do? When you Berlin, they won, baby. Oh, wow. Big one. Did you At watch? home. Uh, yeah, that, that didn't feel good. But uh, <laughs> Le- Leipzig, I knew that was a match that Leipzig were going to win at Dortmund. Because Dortmund, I accepted to Jen, I was going to do it, but I did. They would have lost. I still still would have lost anyways. Regardless, though, I saw that coming because Dortmund, they they have a massive Champions League Mm. group um, match coming in the midweek. And it felt like Leipzig were trending in the right direction and they had a lot to prove. And it was just for the taking. Yeah. It it was one of those matches. Dortmund really is... Jekyll and Hyde with Champions League and Bundesliga. They haven't been. They didn't even have a Corolla. They're on the struggle bus. Oh, so, yeah, hey, absolutely. Giorena finally got into a match. Yeah, Eight minutes. Time. Yeah, but at least he got some minutes. Yeah. Dortmund was struggling with a man down most of the game. Um, we've got Bundesliga teams playing in midweek action in Europe, including Dortmund, who has already qualified to the round of 16. We just don't know if it's first place or second place. Bayern Munich group winners, they will go through as the first place team in that group of death where Manchester United is hosting them in the last match. They Union Berlin already eliminated from that group with Real Madrid, Napoli and Braga. Leipzig's in contention also already clinched by Leverkusen, also already the best team in that group and Eintracht Frankfurt who were pretty impressive against Bayern playing in the Europa Conference League Uh, don't go anywhere we're still talking more European football because Marco Messina is in the house we're ready to talk Serie A and our golazo probably of the weekend that we saw Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Rossoneri's form has picked up, Atalanta's has tailed off, and they have failed to beat Milan in each of their past five meetings. And here's Luis Muriel! What a way to win a game! And the late dismissal for Calabria has proven costly. Cambiaso can curl it across, really inviting, and it's Gatti, the man of the moment for Juventus, starring in a side that is very much in a title race. Lautaro Martinez strikes again. Serie A's top marksman, a resounding victory for Inter, who have stormed back to the Serie A summit. A very fun Serie A weekend. All started on Friday with that Juve win over Napoli. Atalanta-Milan is the game that probably everyone's talking about afterwards. Bologna, mm-hmm. low-key Bologna. Look at Bologna just cruising with Thiago Mota. 
Roma Fiorentina in a game with several red cards. 1-1 final score there. Inter winning. That's We don't even need to talk about Inter. We know how good they are. Uh, Marco, though, I want to get started the conversation since we do have you. Talk about in, in Serie C with Pescara doing so... No, I'm kidding, bro. He's a local high school in Puglia. Yeah, yeah. 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 That kid is really good. Yeah. One in Puglia. You've what, seen him play? How many goals does he have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Matteo Amadoro. You know. The thing is, if I turn that back on him and did like some Turkish third division, he'd know know it yeah. yeah okay actually uh atalanta with, with that last minute win it's milan's fourth loss mm. of the Serie A campaign are you at all worried or you know what let's rephrase that how worried should we be about milan at the moment yeah they're a disaster they're a real mess disaster disaster yeah it's i mean disaster. they're not they're not it is. in the relegation is a, zone no 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 but also everything just look at everything combined they went to the champions league semifinals mm -hmm. uh last year Right now, they might not even qualify for that. It's the feeling around the club, the amount of injuries that the team has had, the way that they're playing. It's not been what we've expect from a team that invested a lot in the transfer market, right? And they started so well, and we got excited, and the chemistry was working, and it was going great. But it feels like it's like a, a, a mentally weak team. They, they struggle in moments that you don't expect. They go up in games, and I think their last 10 games, they conceded 13 goals in the second half. I mean, a team that wants to fight for the Scudetto doesn't do that. Realistically, they're a team to challenge for the top four, and I think that's what we're starting to see over this past week. But also, Atalanta is a great side. Atalanta at home is tough. They, they make it very difficult for a lot of sides, and they deserve to win. I mean, CDK had a sitter in the beginning of the Incredible. match. Milan, we're lucky to get back into this game. And then you, 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 have, uh, you have moments that you're not understanding. You see the red card there from Calabria, captain of the team. And this moment of absolute genius from Luis Muriel, his first goal of the season. He's not a player that gets to play all the time, but he's got a quality that few players in Europe have. So beautiful, beautiful win from them and well-deserved from Atalanta. They played much better this game. What a back heel. What a finish. Yeah. Incredible. And yeah, I mean... I wouldn't say it's so much a disaster as more, I, I, I'd say, Should I'd we use towards unfortunate. Since she's not because here? If Leao is healthy, and I feel like that's a big issue is, is keeping him healthy, mm. that Milan are not in the position they're in. I know defensively they've been shaky, but really I think Leao puts defenses on their heels and maybe it makes it a little bit easier and predictable to, to, for Milan to play against teams. And with, with him not in the lineup, more is asked of Christian Pulisic, mm -hmm. more is, is asked of the midfield, and you're not getting that necessarily every match. It's been pretty inconsistent. I think that's probably been the biggest so, issue. So uh, let me explain with the disaster part. It's also, it's the feeling around the team, right? And there was a moment that shocked me. Olivier Giroud, when uh, Milan were up 2-1 against Napoli, they were up 2-0, by the way, 2-1, he said, we didn't know what to do at that moment when Napoli scored. We don't know, do we attack that's or do we Pioli. defend? That's on that's Pioli. An, that's an identity crisis. Yeah, that's on Pioli, so, though. Oh, so when Giroud you have like that, I never heard that from Milan for a while. That's the scary part, and you're seeing it game after game. They don't beat any big teams. They drop points when they're not supposed to drop points. That's not – it's just the expectation that I have of the team is you different said, than what You said they're. that's on Pioli? Yeah, that's on Pioli. No, I, I, I disagree in, in the sense that that's got to come from your, your captain. That's got to come from your, your midfielder. He's getting say, sent off, Calabria. We're, we're going to keep the ball or we're going to press. 
I'm going to keep make sure the team is all in line with what we want to do right now. And it's a feeling. It's the feeling within the game. Yeah, but who transmits that, that feeling? Who yeah, transmits that idea? The, who your gets coach the goalkeeper, center back, right. the spine but of the you're team. Not, you're not going to lose Pioli now. You can't no, no, say Pioli. I'm, no, yeah. I'm not saying you're going to lose Pioli now. I, I agree with you. The responsibility falls on him to prepare your team for he, these moments. He, what do you mean you don't know what to do when, you, when you're up and they score one? That's ridiculous. It's, it's always right. a mix. It's not just a midfielder. It's a balance of everything. In the game, the players are responsible in the game to make Why are whether we, whether how many to, games into the season an, and you don't know what to do when you're up when you're up two and you, the other team scores you're, you're not prepared for that. So why aren't the player why a player like Olivier sure. Giroud should know? That's what I'm okay. saying. He's 38 years old, why, 39 why, years old. Why, should know. why is everyone confused on what to do right now as a player? And he is saying that in terms of Pioli. It's a lot of issues. If if a if a player comes out to say that. Without pointing the finger at Pioli, you're pointing the finger at Pioli. Pretty much, yeah. He's yeah. talking about it. And, and look, you're in third place. I, I don't want to call that a disaster. But one of the things that I've noticed is that even when Lau is in, wh- where, what is the exact forward setup that they want? What's the best chemistry? Pulisic's having a pretty good season. He's got multiple. Lau, Giroud, Pulisic. Yeah, but it, that's but how it's worked best. I get it. But chemistry-wise, it still feels like it's not settled. It feels not like it was mm. last season when they were in the Champions League where you knew what was happening. You knew what was happening on attack. It still feels like they haven't exactly figured out where. The, the chemistry is probably the, the easiest way to explain I, it. I think the front three, the chemistry is fine. I think it's the midfield. The midfield balance. Maybe it's that connecting to that yeah. front three. I think the midfield, they haven't really hmm. settled on what is the best three and what are, what are the responsibilities of, of who, who is playing. And Benacer is back, Finally. but he's still not... He's not even going to be anywhere near his best of what we saw prior to his injury last year. So figuring out what is that, what does that midfield look like? Who, who do you think is the best trio for Milan right now at the moment? I mean, the midfield, uh, when, when everybody's healthy, it's Reinders, uh, RLC, Loftus-Cheek, and Benacer, ideally. That's so great. Musa's off. No, not, not when everybody's healthy. No, hmm. but it, defensively, they're they're wow. It's a long season, and there's a lot of you injuries. Heard it here there's a lot of proof. Marco, a lo- anti-American. A, a lot of ways to just, So listen, anti-American. Um, <laughs> wanted to ask quickly before we go to the break about you and Napoli. Napoli doesn't look good with Mazzarri. They 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 don't. There were moments. There were glimpses throughout. In, in that very first game against Atalanta, that they, they ended Which up is a tough one. beating Atalanta right in that first game. But ever since then. They've, they've, they've struggled, man. Yeah, uh, but Napoli at moments had Juventus pinned back. It, the game felt exactly as we'd expect, where Juve is very comfortable in allowing Napoli to have possession of the ball because that's their comfortable mm. space. It, they fell into the trap just like what Inter did against Napoli. Napoli not able to convert their chances. Quada scores that goal. Oh, we're having a whole different conversation because Juventus is different. Goal, you got your over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but Juventus is just so brilliant at getting the job done. And they're finally, for the first time, Allegri's brought a spirit back yes. to the club. There's Fino Alefina is the motto of the club, which means until the end, you fight to the last moment. It was lost for years. Now they got Federico Gatti, who six years ago was playing in Eccellenza in fifth division in Italy and working as a bricklayer, by the way, to provide for his family. This last year, his rise, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. In saying that, I know Mike Grella is, is very big on this is the ugliest team, the way they play. It's so... Uh, it is. But, who? You, but, speaking of? Mike Juve. Grella. Juve. Looking at Juve. Okay. But... It is. If you're winning, there's obviously a proven... Uh, tactics here under under uh, Allegri to grind it out, to make it ugly, but give us that backbone, that character to play with pride, defending with pride, and that that's the cornerstone, and it seems like that's what's getting them 
over the edge. The, the thing is, it's for sure this year with the players that Juventus have, absolutely, you have to do that. He's getting the most out of these players. Yeah. The ability to fight for Inter is amazing. Let's remember, they're only playing in one competition. They don't have that burden of playing in Europe like most of the other teams do. And when it, I agree with you for this year, but then moving forward, Juventus kind of fell in this trap already where they went down Allegri route. And then in Europe, you don't get these kind of performances. No. This performance doesn't right. take you to win in Champions League. You end up getting out, knocked out by Lyon, Ajax, and Porto were the three teams in the last year's when you had a better squad. But either way, for this year, he's doing as great as he can. So I agree. And the players are bought into this. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, those silky hands need to, need to go abroad and talk to Federico Gatti and lay some boots. Me? Yeah. Nah, these, these hands. Uh, <laughs> I got made fun of. The only person she's laying is on the basketball court. Though. The Union Berlin, when I was there, they built their own stadium. The guy that I was interviewing, he runs a club. He looked at my hands. He goes, yeah, you wouldn't have been able to build this nah. stadium. Oh, no. That's what he said to me. You needed a couple of calluses. I have calluses, right but okay, that's not from laying That's from bench. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go to a break. Uh, more morning 40 to come on the other side. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The newest documentary in our Stories from the Beautiful Game series, The Billion Dollar Goal, is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The three-part docu-series includes first-hand accounts from several of the players who pulled off that epic upset down in Trinidad and Tobago that helped the U.S. clinch a spot at the 1990 FIFA World Cup. Plus, in one of his last interviews, the late Grant Wall provides historic perspective as only he could. Take a look at the piece from the show. Not a day goes by that I don't have somebody, usually from England, complaining that I'm using the term soccer. Why do the Americans insist on calling it soccer? Why do they have such a problem calling it football? What's so ridiculous about this is soccer is a word developed in England. In 1863, a bunch of people in England got together and they formed what came to be known as the Football Association. People would say, let's play by association rules, meaning the Football Association. But the word association is long, and so it's often shortened to ASOC. In the 1890s, British schoolboys had a habit of taking the first syllable of a word and adding the letters ER to it to make it their own. Rugby became rugger. Champagne became champers. But the problem with the word association is that the first syllable is the word ass. Apparently, British schoolboys had too much decorum. They skipped over the first syllable and went to the second syllable, S-O-C, and that's why we play soccer and not asser. Hence, football. You see? Are you following this, America? And then the English stopped wanting to use the word soccer because the term soccer had become too associated with America. There are other countries that use the term soccer, like Australia, like South Africa, like Canada. You told us it was soccer. Soccer that came out of association football in England. Sensational billion dollar goal now streaming on Paramount Plus. You can watch it. It was great. We consumed it and, uh, and we all saw it and yeah. it was like immediately. We all binged it, right? Yeah. yeah I got to watch it. It was great. It was incredible. It was, yeah. we, 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 we blew through it. Listen, and, and soccer, football, there are many names that we can call our sport, right? And we can 
call it what you want. Hey. In reality. Hey. That's the Nico. I know. He's not new, bad at this, huh? Yeah, the, new po- the new podcast from our very own Charlie Davies, Jesse Marsh, and Jimmy Conrad talking all things U.S. soccer, and uh, to give us a little sneak peek of what we can listen to starting tonight at 9 p.m. on Golazo Network. Hey, and what do you form. know? We brought wow. the crew together, so Charlie, take it away. Yes, so I want to welcome Jesse Marsh and Jimmy Conrad. Let's go. Uh, this, you know, I, I feel like I, I needed some backup because on the Champions League show, <laughs> Thierry Henry, even Clint Dempsey turned on me because... In this billion-dollar goal of film, it, it basically highlighted the struggles of an American trying to make it in Europe. And some of the, the Europeans, when you look at an American, ah, you can't play the game. You don't know as much as I do. Now, it's not like it was when they were coming up, but there is still some bias. I know, Jesse, you lived it. Can you speak on it a little bit? Yeah, listen, I had to be really careful about how I said certain things. You know, I mean, we all have said football, I think, even playing in MLS. We, we've all used the word football as much, if not more, than we use the word soccer. But there's other vernacular, like saying the word pitch or boots or all these different things. And in the end, it really has nothing to do with your competence or your ability to do the job. But you have to find a way to still acclimate so that people will accept you, which is a little bit sad, but that's the reality. And then in the end, like sports work, you have to win. That's always the most important thing. Hey, preach. Jimmy, how excited are you to get this back on the, on the road, get us talking again about the U.S. men's national team as well as the Yanks abroad? I know we, we loved uh, going in uh, for, for these matches. So how are you feeling about all this? Well, as you can tell, Charlie, I take myself the most serious of the group. So I'm very excited <laughs> to get into this show and to really dig into – the player pool in particular, not only do we have a fantastic full team, but we have a lot of young players. We've got the Olympics coming up this summer in Paris. So it's the first time we've qualified in the last, what, three Olympics. So that's exciting. We have some youth national team players who are excellent. So to be able to have a nice big conversation, obviously to lean on Jesse's coaching experience, will make it very special. So I'm very excited to get back after it. I'm excited for the YouTube comments because those are, <laughs> those, those are the ones we love to address and, and clap back at. Jesse, this is your first time getting involved with us. What are you looking forward to? What's the vibe that you think this show has? Yeah, I think, listen, we've already talked. All three of us have some personality, right, and the ability to talk. So I, I, I hope that we can have some good banter and have some fun and really enjoy it. But, yeah, I think I'll try to still, you know, watch when I watch games here, when I know people that are working with some of these players and with some of these teams and in some of these leagues, be able to provide a little bit of insight as to what's happening on the inside, why things are going well, why things need to improve. You know, we can always discuss what we think about the game and how players are doing within different games and in different teams. But in the end, I think st- to still have a lot of fun with it, to still have a laugh, to not take ourselves too seriously. So, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll rely on Jimmy mostly for that latter part. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, when he, when he busts out the, the horn. He, he goes into it. Jimmy, why don't you give the, the supporters a little taste of what we're going to be talking, touching on tonight? What are we going to, what are we going to talk about? Well, I mean, that's, that's a good question, Charlie. For me, we're going to get into what happened this past weekend. That's what makes Monday special is we can have instant reaction to how the guys performed. For me, a big topic is Tim Ream. The guy hasn't showed up. He was, didn't play uh, the last two games, and Fulham won both of them 5-0. So 
even though we know that Tim Ream's got an injury, it still makes me a little bit nervous. He's 36 years old, and, and at some point we're going to have to move on from him, but he's been such an excellent professional over these last few years and really upped his game and brought that consistency. It would be hard to not have him part of the, the, of the team, the starting team. But maybe that changes if he can't get minutes for Fulham. So that's one big topic for me as a former center back that I really want to get into. But obviously Christian Pulisic dominating at AC Milan and, and being one of the best foreign players, newcomers to, to that league is really special. And, and, and it goes on from there, Charlie, as you know. And then, of course, we're going to have great conversations and potentially disagree with each other at times. And I can't wait to disagree with, with uh, Jesse Marsh in particular. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't wait to see you disagree with Jesse as well. <laughs> Jesse, I know you saw the Copa America draw. What stands out to you about uh, the, Amer- uh, the Americans' tests? Yeah, listen, I know Marcelo Bielsa pretty well by, by what he was doing in Leeds before my time there. So I think that matchup against Uruguay is the one that I circled right away. Uh, a great coach he is. Uh, it'll be, and obviously Uruguay has done really well in Cannonball uh, qualifying. So, yeah, I think that'll be a massive challenge. And I think that they'll need to have a good performance and find a way to get a result in that match. I cannot wait to see Copa America. First, I'm a little wary of Nations League semifinal and final because got to continue to win that trophy. But I think Falaren Balogun and Ricardo Pepe, that's another interesting uh, duo right there because both are playing when, or at least Florian Balogun is playing and, and Play him at the assist. same time, Charlie. Just and, play him at the same time. I, it solves I, your problem. See, the two-striker system... You know me, I love two strikers, but I don't know if that's necessarily the right fit for this group because you also have to look at depth and, and where you have the most talented players because you're trying to get everybody on at the same time. What, what do you, how do you balance the two, Jesse? I know as a manager, you have one player who's not playing as much, but when he does play, he makes a difference versus the one who's getting most of the playing time and has been kind of streaky as of late. I think what they have to do is figure out if they're going to play with two strikers, then where does Gio Reyna play? And then if Gio Reyna plays, how, what is, what's the role for Pulisic and what's the role for, for Wea? So there's a few questions to be asked if they want to get all five of those players on the pitch at the same time. I think there's ways to do it. Um, and we know that Greg tried that now in the second match in Trinidad, but didn't get much time to work with it because they got the red card. But um, he may have to sacrifice one of those. And, and we know if it's Geo, <laughs> that there will be a big reaction. So, you know, he's got, a, he's got a, a, a tough task on his hand to figure out how to get the balance right with those five players. Uh, Jesse, this is the first time I get a chance to speak to you. Um, I had the unfortunate uh, luxury of st- uh, sitting in the bleachers as uh, your team beat my team 7-0. Uh, the other thing that happened, that was when you were coach of the Red Bulls. Oh, yeah, but the Red was, Wedding. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, I remember. Uh, love I remember merch. that. I yeah, remember of, course that. You, of course you do, Jesse. <laughs> Wait, uh, so do I, the, by the way. So what, the Red Bulls Okay, beat, well, here's what I said. That beat, was also Jack Harrison's debut. He came in as a sub. When you coached him at Leeds, did you guys have a conversation about that? Yeah, it was one of the first things he said to me was, you know, that was my first match. I said, well, it can only go up from there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for Jimmy and, uh, and Charlie on this podcast, just so you know. Yeah. yeah, all right. No, I mean, listen, but Jack's a great kid. Um, you know, he was, he was always fun to work with. Um, 
really uh, uh, wants to do everything he can at all moments. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, it, w- it was uh, coming together for him and I after our time in New York. And, uh, you know, listen, I've, I've actually become pretty close with Patrick Vieira. He's he's uh, we've become friends. So, you know, sometimes all of us guys that are on the opposite sides of the sidelines, we figure out a way to become friends later on in life, much like myself, Charlie and Jimmy. <laughs> Very nice. Hey, we, me and Jesse. <laughs> Had our first caps at the same time, same oh, wow. game. Wow! Oh, yeah. Wow! No way. Oh, yeah. that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I know. Um, but our, our careers diverged, Charlie. I think. <laughs> <after that. laughs> uh, Jesse, you said something on the Champions League show. I don't think you spoke too strongly or anything. You used the term signature wins. That this group doesn't really have any signature wins. And I want to ask someone who has played in a World Cup for the U.S. Jimmy, do you think Copa America is the right time where the U.S. does get a signature? win because you got to beat not only Uruguay okay say you don't get that signature win against Uruguay it's got to come against Bolivia or Colombia most probably in the next round Bolivia excuse me Brazil sorry Brazil or Colombia I, I, it's interesting I when I heard Jesse's comments before I had to really go back into the Rolodex of the schedule to think, wait, did we not play anybody of consequence at any point and got a big result? Now, we obviously have some significant wins over Mexico. And I think those count in some capacity because we have to learn how to trust each other in big moments when there's a lot of pressure and high-pressure situations that, that can't be relied on the, the, the coaches on the sideline. It's, there was a game plan, and if the game plan is not working, can we adjust on the fly? And it's something we actually talked about during the World Cup where we actually thought we struggled against the Dutch where on the coaching and also with the players, they were taking something away and we didn't quickly identify that they were giving us something else. We didn't take advantage of that. So that's where I can see and really relate to what Jesse's saying. But I think it is a big moment for Copa America to continue to build that that infrastructure of trust and understanding in big moments. And whether that comes, what I love about the Copa America draws, we play Uruguay, Uruguay last in the group. So, so we have two games to kind of figure out how we want to play and how we're going to do it. And then we can figure out what result we need against them, maybe they stumble. They probably won't. So that'll mean uh, everything in terms of who's going to finish on top of the group. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. I look forward to getting into the podcast and talk to Jesse about it a little bit more and, and get him to give me some more context as to what significant means. But, but uh, I would say that this group knows who they are and what they're about. Now it's just about taking those bigger steps. Now that they're all a little bit older, have a little bit more experience to really going out and trying to win Copa America, not just hoping they get to the semifinals. You got me hyped. I'm ready to start now. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> We're ready to jump in right now, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. God. There's a lot to talk about just in this Woo. first episode. That's uh, Call It What You Want that debuts tonight at 9 p.m., the podcast with Charlie, Jesse, Jimmy. Thank you guys, by the way, for dropping in on Morning Footy. I know it's uh, pretty early. And, Jimmy, if that's the outfit you're coming in for episode one, uh, you've set the bar high. Oh, nice. Nice thumbs up with the, with the, with the new iPhone effect. <laughs> Jesse Marsh is coming in. Hot too. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm already excited. All right. Thanks, guys. Very, very American. Jimmy, the way he's dressed right? and the fireworks. The only thing missing was you eating out. a hot dog during that. Dude. That would have been amazing. Yeah, I don't eat hot dogs either. Give me a cheeseburger. All right. I'll do okay. Some watermelon. Right. Nice. Yeah. Some brisket. Texas barbecue. Jeez. Don't now I'm hungry. Don't oh. get started. Saddle. All right. We need to go to break and we'll be right back. We're talking La Liga. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Guys, I sat at my couch. <laughs> oh, I love how you started. Weekend long. I saw too much soccer. My eyes were bleeding. Jude Bellingham, I saw, score again for Real Madrid at the Estadio Benito Villamarín against Betis. La Real Sociedad and Alexis's favorite, Cubo, Takefusa Cubo. Oh, yes. La Real is cooking. They beat Villarreal 3-0. Atletico Madrid also won. PSG wins Lyon, by the way, finally won. Um, that's an important win for them. Monaco at Rennes winning 2-1. Nice back to winning ways. They're up 2-1. And Ajax beat Sparta Rotterdam. By the way, the only undefeated team in Europe in all competitions, the only team not to Leverkusen. lose, Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. I, look, I literally went through every single country <laughs> to just make sure. You couldn't just Google. No, I, 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 I found... It's too simple no, for no, it. He's got old newspapers no from one, the world. No yeah, one has that. No like one has theory. that. Yeah. No, there was a team from Luxembourg, or from, from Luxembourg, that's undefeated in the what league. What team was it? I forget. I don't know. Come on. Dude, dude 1903, do this. Something. I don't know. I had never heard of him. Anyway, let's uh, move on to talk Siri about that league. just told me about Luxembourg, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, it's a country in Western Europe. Its official name is Grand Duchy of Luxembourg. Thanks so much for that. I, I don't okay. think that's, that's the right important. pronunciation. Huh? I don't think that's the right pronunciation. It's what it <laughs> okay. Let's talk what it said. I read what it said. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you read what it said and yeah. you pronounced it a little bit. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> listen, to talk about La Liga, it's very important because we have Girona, top of the table, undisputed by themselves. They've opened a nice little cushion between them and Real Madrid in a game that Alexis, we were watching at the same time because my bet kind of hinged we were, on it. We were rooting for opposite ends here because you needed, what was it, uh, over, you went under, under three and a under half. Under three and a half, mm. but from the very get-go. So you see the you see the score line. Look at this. Yeah. There's not one Barcelona defender. I was laughing right at that moment. From, I started laughing because <laughs> I knew Nico lost From the back. very get-go, it was an open game. It was an exciting game. Uh, mm. Barcelona defensively, I think we need to ask so many questions. Right when it felt like Barcelona had turned the tide with an impressive performance against Atletico Madrid with the best version of, of Gundogan, uh, of, of of Pedri, Frankie de Jong in the midfield, then they couldn't be as incisive as you would have thought. And they let one go. And not even clinical, because Lewandowski had an opportunity to tie it at 3-3 and, 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 and he missed. And a guy like Stuani who comes in and, and sets up the dagger and gets the 4-2. It's absolutely impressive what, what Girona is doing, but let, let's talk about Barca. Like, how come Barca is so inconsistent? This is frustrating because Savio even didn't have a good match. Savio didn't have a good match. This wasn't Girona's most, most uh, you know, th th this wouldn't be on their highlight reel other than because they beat uh, Barcelona. There were some real discrepancies in how they played versus how they want to play, and yet Barcelona by far, just could not get it done. And defensively, they were so there was so much gap, so many gaps. I'm throwing my pen. And it's similar to what we saw when Aston Villa played Manchester City, being able to pl play through the press, and they were able to play through Barcelona easily. It was almost effortless. And Miguel Gutierrez was phenomenal mm -hmm. for Girona, coming up, bombing down the left side, creating chances. Now you, you say Savio didn't have a good game. I think he was Second good. Second half, he, he turned was, it on. He, he was good up until the final ball. 
or the final shot. Yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of Rubinho in a way, um, the way he can control the ball and, and, and stretch Barcelona, unbalanced also defenders. Runs. But um, this was the match that they proved they're real mm -hmm. challengers. They're, in my mind, for sure going to finish top four just in the way that they play. Now, a lot of can they continue? About that. Can, can they even play? Can they continue to, to push Real Madrid? That's going to be the question. Well, you just said it. It's maybe not their best game. That's a sign of a great team. Mm -hmm. The teams that even when you're not at your best, you're able mm -hmm. to win moments. And maybe I'm getting a little too excited, but you start to feel the magic. If they get to a top four or if they fight for the top spot, they say in Italy, there's always a saying, non succede, ma se succede. It's not going to happen, but if it happens, and this is like that Leicester City story, I mean, you have to follow it. It's amazing, and they're beating the top teams. Yeah, and this is with, you know, players that are on a free. Uh, Blind, who's how old, it's, and nobody wanted to play. He's players great, on loan. Though. Players that other clubs rejected. Eddie Garcia, for example. I mean, no Stuani's one. is 30-something years old, still playing. He, he was great. He was great, though. Dolbic is, Dolbic is, is a the center truth. forward, is, is the real deal. Hold-up play, yeah. good runs, he's smart. Uh, he, I, I would be surprised if Girona hold on to him. Yeah, it could be a magic season. Add, add Sigankov to the list and also Jan Goto. Jan Goto had a great game against Barcelona. I mean, putting four past Barcelona is, is something pretty impressive away in the study Juiz mm -hmm. companies. We need to go to the break. Uh, more Morning 40 to come on the other side. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. It's hard to figure out what's the low point for U.S. soccer in the mid-1980s. Things really needed to change. We want to be the first team to qualify in 40 years. We were carrying the weight of American soccer. We had the win to go to the World Cup. Everything was on the line on that day. That moment alone changed the trajectory of soccer in the United States. The Billion Dollar Goal focuses on the biggest game-changing moment in American soccer history, one that really hasn't been celebrated until now. We have a beautiful video archive of that moment. The Billion Dollar Goal is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. It's awesome, guys. It's a three-part docu-series that includes first-hand accounts of several of the players who pulled off that epic upset against Trinidad and Tobago in 89. Plus, in one of his last interviews, the late Grant Wall provides historic perspective as only he could, leaving an incredible fingerprint on this documentary. It was awesome to see. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this Documentary. Is that because you were in it? No, 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 no. The build up, <laughs> it's why I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Um, uh, the, because <laughs> I think it was in it. The build-up <laughs> is sensational because 
we, we needed this in American soccer history, a concrete explanation of what had happened. I didn't know about couldn't, it before. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with you. I played the game. I represent the country. I love the history, but for me, 1994 is when it started for me. Right. Watching the World Cup. I didn't know anything that happened prior to that. Yep. Same. So you get, you, for me, you get to pay respect to everyone who came before you, and you get a good understanding of why we are where we were. Why, why did we start on the back foot? Why were we so late to the game? So it makes a lot of sense. I want to give a shout out to you because you were brilliant today hosting. Yeah. Susanna oh, is, great job. Susanna is our, great job. our leader, right? Susanna, so Susanna's can't do goat. Susanna's yeah. goat. She's the 10, but, but you're just you filled in well. If there's ever a, a, a 1B, Thank you. You, you crushed I appreciate it. You're the Elmas to Osimhen. You absolutely crushed it. I'm the Elmas to Osimhen. Oh, my God. Give me, give me, give you this. Give you Simeone. Give me this. That's pretty good. Elmas? Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, Mr. Hey, you on the squad. That's what I called Poppy one time when she replaced Susanna. Yeah, carry our bags. Okay, that does it. I wanted at least a Gio Simeone. Thank you guys for watching. See you tomorrow. You're the gati to... Mariana, stay here on CBS Sports. Go to Network for more. Ciao. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.